Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Chipper and Cheery Chuck Chuckers Bryant right across from me. How are you doing? I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm about to go get that jar of moonshine for my cubicle. Mm. And we've never done a show where we just drank moonshine the whole time. No. I think we should. What better day? I'll have a sip. <laughs> I don't think it's at my desk anymore. It's at home. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have beer still? Or there may be some over there. I don't know. What about beer? Uh, well, there's a case of beer that some uh, other dude sent me. Like, not it wasn't show related, but it's been uh, sitting there for like a year. What? Shinerbach. Oh, I got some too. And then there's a couple of beers from like England. Mm-hmm. And then there may be some moonshine. Yeah. So let's just get drunk. Okay. <laughs> so you're feeling good. Yeah. I'm just kidding, folks. We're not going to do that. Is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> what's yeah. Your, what's your intro? Well, my intro is uh, you've already poo pooed it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel kind of bad about that. Oh, I don't feel bad. <laughs> it's pretty much par for the course, buddy. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Chuck. Josh. Uh, many, many years ago, roughly around 4.8 billion years ago, yeah. um, the earth really started to form, uh-huh. came together from a bunch of dust and rocks and other dust. So says you. Because right, because the universe was spinning, uh-huh. right, and all of these particles were spinning, and as they came together, form an accretion from yeah. an accretion disk. They formed the Earth, and all and of, other planets, obviously, right, and all of that spin, thanks to the uh, laws of thermodynamics, one of them, uh, continued to spin and yeah. actually accumulated, and so the Earth just is spinning. That's why it's spinning, because it's always been spinning, and all of its particles that make it up have been spinning. So it's spinning because of the conservation of angular momentum, right? Yeah, and Newton's first law of motion, of course. That's what it was, not thermodynamics. Oh, is that what you were going It was the law of motion, (laughs) which is what? Uh, If an object object in motion will remain in that state of motion unless basically someone comes along and puts the brakes on it. Right. Unless something acts upon it. Exactly. And in the vacuum that. of space, yeah. there's nothing to act upon it to slow the Earth down, so it's just going to keep going. And actually, the Earth has slowed in its older age. 400 million years ago, a day uh, lasted 22 hours. Yeah, it's been slowing consistently over time, right? Yeah, but it's going to take a while to stop. Sure. Uh, I think uh, in 400 million years in the future, yeah. they think that the day will be 26 hours. So two two years, slowing by two or two hours... A day, yeah, over four hundred million years. It's not, it's not quick. Well, in, in four hundred million years, come right? On. Is there going to be any Earth? I don't know. That's don't such know. a good question. What will we look like? I don't think there's going to be humans in four hundred million years. That's my guess. Um. Okay. So, the Earth is slowing. We understand why it's spinning. We understand that it is slowing down. But what happens if somebody just comes along and just stops it automatically? Like just stopped. Beep. Stopped. Well. And by the way, Jerry, that wasn't an edit. <laughs> yeah, that's our signal when we beep. Yeah. That is a call out to Jerry. Uh, so we're moving very fast, like faster than the speed of sound, even though it didn't feel like it. Right. Um, so if someone stopped it, those same things that would happen if you just stopped your car all of a sudden or a train stopped all of a sudden would happen here on Earth, except it would be much more drastic because right. we're spinning much faster. We're spinning in an easterly direction at about a thousand miles an hour along the equator. Yeah. 
so yeah, if all of a sudden you stop the Earth, everything that's not attached to the Earth would keep going eastward yeah. about a thousand miles an hour. Mass instantly dead, massive flooding. Just, yeah, you name it. The wind, yeah. shock waves, um, buildings, everything just go. Whoosh. And you said something that I find kind of interesting. Like when I when I when I started to research like the Earth's rotation, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I just assume I know what I'm talking about. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, oh yeah, there's a lot of little stuff here. Yeah. Like questions, like why don't we feel the fact that we're moving through space at about a thousand miles an hour? Yeah. And well, I found the answer because the Earth moves at a constant speed. The constant rate of rotation. There's no acceleration or deceleration, which we would feel if that happened. Yeah. Right? Why don't we spin off the Earth? Do you know why? I do. Okay, let's hear it. Because of gravity and uh, the gravitational pull. Like, we, we want to spin off the Earth. That's, you know, that's in there. But uh, the force of gravity or the force that wants to spin us off the Earth is 0.3% the force of gravity. Right, centrifugal There's force. Way much more gravity going on than there is uh, the other, so... And I found that if the Earth rotated at a rate of 80 minutes, right, it spun around on its axis one full time, so one day was 80 minutes long, that would be fast enough to overcome the force of gravity and would be thrown off into space. Wow. But we're not going anywhere because the Earth's never going to start speeding up like that. That's just crazy talk. No, and it's not going to stop spinning either anytime soon. Yeah. But we can still have fun with this topic. So say that we were existing right now as the Earth was really starting to slow down. It was making its last turn. Yeah. So it did it gradually, like Superman style. Right. And then um, the the ecosystems were intact. Yeah. Everything was generally intact the moment the Earth stopped spinning. The day the Earth stood still. Exactly. Yeah. There would be some really interesting things that happened. Like a lot of our the geography of this planet... I took for granted until I read this article, which really opened my eyes. Yeah. So what 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 are some of the things that would happen if the Earth just stopped spinning? Uh, well, seismologists think that it would set off a massive chain of super earthquakes uh, because they suspect that um, the rotation of the Earth plays a big role in the movement of the tectonic plates. Uh-huh. So they uh, seismologists think that you know we would all be dead because of. Massive, massive earthquakes. Okay. We'd probably be dead for a lot more reasons, which we can explore. But yes, earthquakes like how would you die first, one. basically? Yeah, because think about it. That that spinning earth, the centrifugal force of the earth um, is so strong that um, it, it it basically keeps the oceans in place. It creates a bulge yeah. around the equator. Like the earth is not a perfect sphere. Um, it, it's bulged at the middle. Yeah. And it's that's because of its spin. And that bulge actually brings the world's oceans toward the equator. In the southern hemisphere, they move north. In the northern hemisphere, they move south. But it's being pulled toward the middle of the Earth, the Earth's yeah. spare tire. So if it stopped spinning, all of a sudden, the world's oceans would go toward the poles. Yeah, like quickly. It'd be pretty cool to see. <laughs> I guess not if you're at the poles. Did you see a map of what it would look like? Yeah, like... Basically, a, a supercontinent in the center on both sides of the equator. Yeah, like all the way around the, the globe. And two big oceans, one on top and one on the bottom. Yeah, and the one on the top, the Arctic, would actually be about a 1,000 meters deeper. Not because there'd be more water there, but they, because the Antarctic Basin is bigger, yeah, deeper. That makes sense. So the water would be shallower by comparison. Yeah, more displacement. But yeah, I was looking. So like Chicago would be... 
just underneath the north shore of the northern hemisphere's ocean. Wow. Um, and from that point down, the United States would be largely intact all the way into the Caribbean south. It'd just be land. It's pretty neat. It was a neat looking neat. map. I love freaky weird maps. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Like the early maps? Those were a little weird. There's a a, a blog called um, Unusual Maps, I think. <laughs> freaky Odd weird maps. maps. I can't remember what it's called, but it's just like this blog about strange maps. Oh, cool. It's pretty neat. I used to collect maps. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a ton. I had like 15 or 16 like cool map posters. Nice. I still have a few of them, but I think they went the way of the dodo in my house. Were they like scholastic foldouts? No, like, you know, some were like, you know, Civil War map or the Earth at this point map or, yeah. you know, just very, they, none of them were just straight up. Yeah. I think I had one straight up map. Um, so what else would happen? One thing that would happen is the, uh, and Robert Lamb wrote this, didn't he? No? I got a name, uh, Jonathan Atterbury. Oh, that's right. Atterbury. Atterbury. <laughs> Good job. Uh, he says that it'll take a whole year to pull off what the Earth does in a day, which yes. makes sense. So one part of the world would be a blazing, scorching desert, and then one part of the Earth would be a barren, frozen wasteland. Half a year. Half For and half. half the year. And that's because the since the Earth rotates on, on its axis in about 24 hours, a little under, I think. Yeah. Um. If it stopped doing that, it would still move around the sun. It just wouldn't spin on its axis. So I figured this out. If you're having trouble visualizing it like I did, put your th- thumb in front of your face out a little bit so yeah. that your thumbnail's facing you. And then uh, pretend that the sun is in between you and your thumb. Yeah. And your thumb is the earth. Okay. And you just rotate it around so that your thumbnail's facing you all the time. Yeah. But it's going around the sun. And you'll see that at any given point, right, mm-hmm. it's... The, the this part of the Earth is facing a different part of the sun. The thumbnail. So there would be seasons, but there'd be four seasons, and they would be very different. The the line demarcating them would be really different. And when you went from winter to summer, eventually, yeah, you would have nothing but sunlight, and then nothing but dark, depending yeah, on the season. The, the temperature swing would be huge. Right. So what that means is, um, we'd probably have a really difficult time propagating. Uh, with with husbandry in general, and you don't mean sex. You're talking with plants and animals. I'm not sure what you mean there. Propagating with husbandry sounded like a euphemism. No, <laughs> yeah, no, hus- just farming and animals. All that would be more difficult, if not impossible, um, to grow crops. You know, for or you know maybe you grow them during the sunny parts of the year. Yeah. What you can grow and then store. But we'd be in bad shape. I would think we'd be in very bad shape. As far as that goes. But. Botanically speaking. We are a pretty, uh, pretty quick-witted species, so we could possibly overcome it technologically. Maybe. You know? I'll bet we'd have really good sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And coats. Um, what else would happen? Anything? Uh, well, the magnetic field. Well, gravity. I got something on gravity here. Gravity would be changed, which is not in the article. But, um, it would change significantly if it stopped spinning because uh, the centrifugal force, of course, which we're talking about, mm-hmm. contributes to that gravitational field, and it wouldn't exist any longer. So uh, the gravitational field would be strongest at the poles instead of at the equator, and who knows what that would do. Uh, you'd just be a lot heavier at the poles, right? You think? Maybe. Okay. We'd also lose a very interesting thing called the Coriolis effect. Yeah. 
My favorite. Which, you know, um, supposedly with the Coriolis effect, if you're in the northern hemisphere, if you flush a toilet, the water goes down the drain clockwise and in the northern hemisphere yeah. counterclockwise. That's not true. It's all plumbing. It's all the design of the drain. The Coriolis effect is oh, there. Really? It has nothing to do with what part of the earth you're in? It's, no, it has nothing to do with like the drain. The, the it's Supposedly the Coriolis effect, the fact that the earth is spinning faster at the equator than it is at the poles. Yeah. Uh, it has long been tapped as a reason for whirlpools. Right. And they're saying, no, that's probably, if it's, if you're talking about a drain, it's the angle of the drain, it's the design of the drain, it's the water rushing in when you flush the toilet. It has nothing that's an old wives tale. But there is a Coriol- right. Coriolis effect. It's just not quite as interesting. And basically it says that if you leave the North Pole and fly toward the equator, mm-hmm. toward a certain mark of the equator, yeah. if you go in a straight line, you're going to miss your mark. Yeah. Because the earth's spinning and it's spinning faster. At the equator than it is at the pole. So that's it's more the Coriolis effect. It's a curve. It would look like a curve, right? Yeah, you have to basically correct longitudinally. Okay. Um, to hit your target, like you just can't fly in a straight line from the North Pole to the equator if you're trying to get to a certain spot. Yeah. That's the Coriolis effect. Nice. I, I guess, unless I'm missing something, it seems kind of basic. Uh, yeah, it's kind of basic once you wrap your head around it. Uh, there are some things that are slowing the earth down. Like you said, uh, the days are longer now than they used to be. Uh, yes. They used to be, what, 22 hours, you said? 400 million years ago, yeah. Okay. Um, so we are slowing down. There is, uh, tidal friction and the tide drags 2.3 milliseconds on each, uh, century every hundred years. Yeah. So that's pretty slow. Right, but it adds up over time, literally. Sure. Of course it does. Um, weather can affect it too. Winds can actually slow it down. Earthquakes can uh, redistribute the mass and actually speed up. Didn't it speed up in the, the earthquake in Japan? Yeah, I think by um, 1.8 microseconds, the, wow. the Earth's day, its solar day was accelerated because that earthquake was so massive. Nothing we could notice. No. What about magnetic uh, field, though? That's, oh, okay. that's what I don't fully get. So with the magnetic field, there we're not quite sure why Earth or how Earth has a magnetic field. But the prevailing theory is that because of this Coriolis effect in the center of the Earth, yeah, um, whirlpools are created mm-hmm. uh, of molten iron. And as this molten iron kind of moves around and forms these whirlpools, it actually generates an electrical field, an electrical current which in turn generates a magnetic field. Yeah. So we have this magnetic field. We think that's how we have it. But we also have long suspected that the magnetic field protects the Earth from solar winds, which are um, positively charged ions from the sun mm-hmm. that travel about a million miles an hour off of the sun toward us. Wow. And they're about a million degrees Celsius. And we long thought that it protected our atmosphere from being stripped of the ions that we need. Uh-huh. Then we started looking at other planets and um, that don't have any magnetic field, because I think it's just the Earth and the Sun and our solar system are the only ones with magnetic fields. Right. Um, and we found that they lose ions at about the same rate that our atmosphere loses ions, so we don't know what the magnetic field's doing. But I did come across this one interesting fact. We lose about a ton of atmosphere a day. Really? Yep, and, and mostly in the form of uh, water vapor. Huh. So the Earth is drying out very slowly. Wow. Yeah. Boy, so we're slowing down, we're drying out, in, in 400 million years, we'll all be toast. Yeah. That's pretty much the long and short of this. And what, what we did uh, a podcast on what would the Earth look like in at d- different intervals into right. the future. Yeah. And I think we eventually landed on ultimately destruction and 
if we're even here any longer. Yeah, exactly. We'll use the earth up. It's probably where we landed. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, good going, Chuck. Let's hear it for Chuck, everybody. <laughs> um, do you have anything else? I do not, sir. If you want to learn more about the earth standing still, go to HowStuffWorks.com and type in earth. Um, and it will bring up some pretty cool articles and probably an entire channel. There's, earth science just fascinates me. Yeah, me too. Uh, I said search bar somewhere in there, which means it's time for listener mail. Uh, you know, you called out for how have we helped you in your life emails. Mm-hmm. We got one from Rachel in oh, Portland. Good. Let's hear it. Portland. Um, you guys, uh, you guys have helped me through some uh, of the toughest times in my life. I shortened the beginning. Okay. In August, I moved from a small town in Mississippi to attend the University of Portland in Oregon. Uh, the tran- uh, transition was rough. Needless to say, I did not handle it well. I started smoking again. I had uh, trouble focusing on and attending classes, and I could tell that I wasn't settling well or making friends. On top of all that, my three-year relationship with my high school sweetheart fell apart because of the distance and the stress of us both beginning university. I began to relapse into depression, something I've struggled with off and on for five years. Man. found myself unable to listen to music, even, because every song I heard uh, made me so sad. Isn't that awful? Yeah. Remember those heartbreak days when you just sit around and like listen to the radio and cry? <laughs> I downloaded your podcast to listen to as I walked to and from classes and while I did homework. Didn't notice at first, but every time your podcast uh, was on, it made me laugh. I'd feel a little bit better. About halfway through the semester, I found the courage to seek help and visit the campus uh, health center for therapy and antidepressants. I am now in my second semester of college with a 3.94 GPA. Wow. I have a few great friends, and I'm even dating someone new. Nice. Uh, I love my school, and I love the city of Portland. Uh, I feel as if your podcast serve an uh, integral part of helping me make the transition from home to here. I've learned and laughed with y'all, and now and then uh, a southern draw will sneak into one of your voices and make me nostalgic for the South. Huh. This may sound silly, but I feel I've come to know you guys. really wanted to thank you for helping me through such a hard time. Rachel, 18, in Portland. Thanks, Rachel. It's awesome. I'm glad to hear you're uh, doing better. Yeah. I I had a rough first few weeks of college. I think a lot of people do. And uh, I think my advice is to just stick it out, and before you know it, you're going to be loving it. Yeah. I remember my parents telling me that when I went off the camp. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you didn't like camp? I did not like camp, no. Did you like going off to college? Yeah, that's fine. You're probably ready for that, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I freaked out because I, at the last minute, I tried to change to go to Georgia Tech because my brother was there, mm-hmm. and I was basically scared. I was like, I just want to go to school with my brother, <laughs> and uh, it didn't. Uh, it was too late to get the application in, so I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to Georgia by myself. Yeah, and uh, it ended up being the greatest thing ever. Of I'm course. glad. I'm glad you stuck it out. You know the rest of the story. Yeah, it is true. I mean, like you know, just hanging in there and being brave, even when it feels like that's the worst thing to do. Often, yep. It's often the best thing to do. And six years later, I had a college diploma and a lot of friends for life. Right. Yep. That's good, Chuckers. Uh, let's see. If you have a great story about solar wind or how we've helped you or college or whatever, we want to hear about it. You can find us on Twitter, right? SYSK Podcast. I feel like a lot of you aren't getting that. SYSK Podcast. It's a great Twitter feed. Yeah, Josh is the Twitter master. We have a great Facebook page that Chuck Helms, facebook.com slash stuff you should know. Yeah. People love that. Uh, you can send us an email, which is fine. 
that's stuffpodcast.discovery.com. And everybody, seriously, stop what you're doing right now. Go to the home of Josh and Chuck on the web. Mm-hmm. It's our very own website. It's fun. It's called stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places.